Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Dark Waters Performance Dive Co. Uh, they manufacture top-of-the-line gear for spearfishing and free diving in Southern California. If you're looking for a custom float line for hunting a fish of a lifetime, Dark Waters can build it for you. They also offer FII Level 1 free diving classes. If you're brand new and want to learn how to free dive or spearfish, they can definitely help you out. Um, Check them out at darkwaters.co. And if you have any questions, send them an email to sales at darkwaters.co. Uh, go buy their shit. It's lifetime guaranteed. Uh, take their classes, dive deeper, longer, and harder. If you guys want to buy some uh, gear from there, they're going to give a promo code in your cast crank on their website for uh, classes or for 15% off of order. Uh, again, check them out at darkwaters.co. <laughs> Alright guys, welcome to Cast and Crank. Uh, we got another awesome offshore dude, inshore, everything guy, right? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> we got Dwayne Diego. Hey, how's it going, man? Good to be here. Yeah, dude. And uh, Dwayne came on, so he's uh, buddies with Fred, and Fred kind of helped me get Dwayne on the podcast, which is really cool. And uh, it helps me move south on my next move is I want to get more uh, San Diego guys on too, so it'll be a start. And uh, we're slowly working our way there. Um, another thing, we have May 11th real quick uh, is the 50th episode podcast. So if you guys want to come down and get everything's free, all you got to do is buy food, beer, or ask a question to one of the guys on the panel. It's all free. You get a free raffle ticket. You can win a Phoenix rod. You can win a, a Dio Reel. Uh, Benny Florentino's giving away a trip. Uh, Mason Stoller, uh, fish, uh, Sean Anderson, Fish on Guide Services. A ton of gear. Uh, Tow Boats is going to give us a free um, membership, so you could have vessel assist for free. Nice. Uh, they do. Everyone's been so helpful. I, I, there's a there's a ton of names. And uh, another thing, give us five stars if you can on the Apple or anywhere you go. It helps a lot. It helps the podcast. You know, uh, reach more people. That way, we get on the you know the uh, top 100, so people can hear the podcast, hear about our fishery. Hear all these cool guys talk, so enough of me blabbering my fucking mouth. So, <laughs> so we'll get to Dwayne. So he's got a, you know, very fishy guy. So we're going to start off, how did it all start, man? Oh, like most guys, you know, I got into it through my old man. You know, fishing with him is as far back as I pretty much humanly remember, you know, three and a half, four years old. Fishing along San Diego coastline, offshore. Um, you know, real, real sharp memories are, are fishing albacore with him. And I wasn't really even fishing. I was just in the corner throwing chum and you know back then it was a lot of anchovies so we take quite a bit of bait and he'd fill up five gallon buckets him and his buddies and just put them in the corner and all right Dwayne, throw them over every 30 seconds and you know of course that 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 didn't really work at first <laughs> i really couldn't even count the 30 just keep thing. you entertained right yeah oh. you know it's like i'm throwing sho i'm shoveling all the anchovies <laughs> i'm sure if i could pick up the bucket at once i would have dumped it over because i got to see the fish blow up on it and then they're hooked up and i'm feeling like i was a part of it like so early you know yeah. um and moving on you know that lasted for a while and you know having fish cleaning parties in our front yard afterwards with all the local boys you know they they do the total fish care thing. Let them sit on a sludge for like twenty four hours, and then next morning, you know, have these big parties. I'd wake up and the guys are already drinking beers, <laughs> cutting fish, <laughs> or you know, fish laid out all over the front lawn. They're taking pictures. It was it was just a really cool thing to be part of. And then, 
lo and behold, I actually asked to touch a rod at one point. I think it was like five or six, and Damn. it got bit. And then it was a really slippery <laughs> slope from there. It's all over, huh? Yeah, yeah. Do you have any dudes you grew up with that you still fish with? Yeah, I do, actually. Uh, one of my really good buddies, Levi Schaus. Uh, I've known him since, I think, fourth grade or third grade no or way. something. That's awesome. We grew up fishing on the pier together. Um, another one, Joe Conrad. Um, God, I think I've known him since fifth or sixth grade. And do they do something in the industry too? I'm still, yeah, yeah. You know, we all worked in the, in the boat on boats, you know, mainly sport boats until we were, you know, 1920 and then kind of got out of it for a little bit. We all still fished. Uh, Joey, actually Joey stuck with it for forever. Levi didn't, I didn't, um, you know, we still fish pretty often, but we didn't pursue a career on the boats. And, um, but Joey, he ended up working on the Star and a couple other boats, uh, South Pacific, like commercial tuna fishing. He's still doing it today, um, and we still stay in, in really close contact. That's I still cool, fit with, fish with those guys a bunch. of both awesome sticks, and yeah. um, you know, it, it's cool to have friends that old that you <laughs> or that you've had around that that long, and they're that old just like you that, that are still doing it, you yeah, know? right? Yeah, into the same hobbies and having good friends that long. You don't have. As you get older, dude, you lose a lot of friends that are from the beginning, you know? So it's kind of cool to yeah, to have yeah. dudes around that, you know, can see you and be like, damn, I can't believe we're doing this. Yeah, like, guys you know? get married. Guys yeah. go down different paths of yeah. life. You know, like I said, I, me and Levi, we kind of dipped out from, like, making money and, and working in the industry to, you know, just grow up a little bit and, <laughs> and, and taste other parts of life. And, yeah. You know, fortunately, didn't, we, we weren't gone long. You know, it's five or six years. and. Got right back into it, you know, working on boats and cool. and running boats and stuff like that. So it's cool. So when you were a, a teenager, were you, were you fishing on boats a lot too? Yeah, no, I strictly okay. boats. You know, um, I, I got taken off the bait barge when I was like eleven or twelve years you old. You worked on the bait barge. Um, no, my dad, <clears throat> his best friend Glenn, ran the bait barge for a long time. Everingham Brothers in Mission Bay. Okay, and uh, it was more like a, a free summer camp for me growing up. <laughs> You know, just, hey, we're going to drop you off to go fish with Uncle Glenn on the bait barge. And, you know, I learned a lot of stuff there, you know, about bait, care for bait, scooping bait, you know, how to be polite to customers and yeah. whatnot. And, you know, really quickly, I got picked up off the bait barge by a, a local sport boat called the Phoenix, which is now the Jig Strike. It was owned by John Henderson um, and got brought on to start deadheading, pinheading. Awesome. And eventually worked my way up to being a deckhand and then kind of branched out from that boat to other boats, you know, local then long range and then. You know, took my little break. Oh, did you take a break for a little bit? Yeah, that, that like I said, like I think I'm twenty. I just I didn't want to work on the boat anymore. It was always like that one guy that kind of pissed us off. You know, <laughs> typically is. Yeah. Um, and you know, I discovered girls and <laughs> I wanted to surf more and skateboard and hang out at the beach in the summer. Yeah. You know, the the beef of our season is when it's hot outside and when everybody's off of school and you know, I wanted to participate and have fun with everybody else too. Again, we still fished a bunch. Fish a lot of La Jolla, but you weren't working the boats. No, or no, it just took a breather from that, and I think it was a, it was a really good thing because a lot of my friends who stuck with it kind of got burnt out or they're really eggy. You know, they they're still really good at their jobs and they're you know some of the best there are, but I think I feel like they lost a little bit of drive and they just kind of go through the motions. Okay. Whereas I you know I took a little break and <clears throat> five years later, six years later, I came back and I was like I'd never done it before. Yeah, like doing backflips. You know, so you like, took a, a pretty big break. Yeah, I, mean, I was like five, five, five years, wow. six years. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, but then again, we were fishing. You know, anytime there it was fish to be caught, especially local like La Jolla stuff, we'd fish La Jolla. Yeah, you know, fish yellows. Okay. Uh, you know, one of the boys had a big hit down at the islands. We jump on the sport boat on their <laughs> boat and go down there and fish yellows down there. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's awesome. So when you came back at uh, 26, yeah. seven, um, back on sport boats again, just uh, working? No, no. You know, I, I started fishing really, really hard on small boats. And it was just like, okay, you know, I'm not going to make any money surfing. That's for sure. I don't really want to work in an office. Um, what else do I love to do? I'm like, shit, I love fishing. My mom's like, dude, go fishing again. <laughs> you know, you seem to love it. You seem to be pretty good at it. Go give that a try. So I started fishing pretty hard and those were like outward days and <clears throat> we used to go out and fish like the fly and, you know, 60 and all that. And I've had buddies that, that were running sport boats and own sport boats that would see us out there on like 18 foot skiffs and just I me mean, like, what the fuck are you guys doing out dude, here? Uh, like that 25 knots crazy, and, dude. and we're just, <laughs> dude, we're knee deep in Albacore. Fuck. One of the days they, they came by us, <clears throat> rolled by us, and we had like a like a triple jig strike, and we just you know threw a little dip over the side. Next thing you know, we had like every rod holder in the boat folded, rods in our hands, just me and two buddies, and 
He's like, hey, dude, you need a burger? And we're like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, are you guys going to be okay? And we're like, yeah, he's like, dude, you're listing. And we're like, no, that's a fish sliding in the in the trough, dude. He's like, dude, you guys are crazy on these small boats. So he doled us some burgers and some beers and talked to him later. And he was like, dude, you should try to do something with, with what you're doing out here with this small boat thing. He's yeah. Like, it's, it's kind of cool. And he's like, I bet you there's a little bit of a market for it. And it kind of really got us thinking. And uh, fast forward like a year or two, Jamie from uh, Seasons went and, and started season sport fishing. Mm-hmm. And he was like kind of the godfather of the small boat thing. And, you know, right from the get go. So when you re- went, consider a small boat like a 24, 22, 28? Yeah. yeah I, I, that's, <laughs> so no one gets hurt here. Let's start at 25. Okay. <laughs> I just, this is if stuff have, that I don't if fucking If you have less know, than man. 25, <laughs> you don't need to be 60, 70 miles off the <laughs> I don't care how nice it is. Weather can turn quick. But yeah, um, you know, you got a 25 Parker and. It, was, it did really well for him right away. And I, I was his right hand man on that boat for I think like the first six or seven years. Shit, and um, yeah, kind of snowballed from there. That's where you kind of really broke in on that boat. That you're yeah, like, and on the small boat thing in general. Okay. You know, it's taking what I knew from working on the on the big boats growing up and mm-hmm. and applying it small boat style. You know, you know, make sure we had as much bait capacity as possible. You know, used all the chumming techniques, all the fish finding techniques, minus sonar. You know, but eyeball fishing and. And before I, I stopped fishing, you know, for a living younger, there was no side scan sonar. It was all up and down. It was all okay. eyeball fishing. So it's just, you know, using your senses, reading signal and making it happen. And it, it worked out really well for us. Still does. You still do that a lot then? Yeah, too, I, I, I do not have a side scan sonar. I got my eyeballs really? and my senses and, and a little bit of science that helps me. And, and it, it works out for me pretty well. So Nice, dude. Yeah. So so seven years on that boat. After those seven years, did you buy your own boat? Yeah. Um <clears throat> I was running a, a yacht intermittently, you know, um, basically October through April okay. in Cabo and doing that. And um, I got an opportunity through saving a bunch of money and, and working hard, really hard to get my own boat. Okay. And that's when I, I started Pinnacle. That was about three and a half years ago. Okay. Um, and, you know, got my shot at it and I bought the boat, just barely paid it off. Pretty stoked on that. But, oh, um, congrats, bro. That's yeah, thank a big you. deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah so <laughs> a big thing to have on your shoulders, boat payments. Boy. I Ooh. bet. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's that's now uh, <clears throat> snowballed into a really good thing for me. You know, we're, we're booked full for the year, last three years. We got, I don't know, like 40-something books uh, bookings on the, the books for next year. No way. So that's a really good thing, you know. Um, I'm really stoked. I don't take it for granted. I'm really proud of how it all happened. Um, I feel like I really earned it. And, um, you know, we're rolling right along now. Yeah, dude. So you, are you thinking about getting another boat maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of weighing out my options right now, making sure I have the right guy to run it. Um, make sure it's all going to make sense and, uh, probably gonna be rolling the dice here on another one really quick. And what size is the boat you have right now? I have a 2016 Parker 2520 XLD fully rigged to the T. Um, it was kind of my dream boat rigged it exactly how I rigged it in my dreams. And, I'm going to probably do the same same boat. And that's the first boat you started with, or did you have one previously that you were kind of doing it out of? No, no. That was the first boat that okay, I started cool. with. You know, other than where, and you want the same boat. thing? Yeah. For your yeah the, the boat's really functional for me. It, it works. It's it's perfect, I think. And you run six dudes or four dudes? I run four. Four guys. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Cool, man. Yeah. So, man, do you do any fresh water at all? Um, Not as much as I like. Not no. as much as I like. I'm kind of born and bred saltwater guy, but I've... I've Definitely dipped in doing some freshwater stuff, you know, fishing largemouth bass. I think it's pretty fun. Maybe. Yeah, you talked about earlier, we talked about, uh, I liked, used to like going to Henshaw all the time. Yeah, yeah. You used, like, used to fish there when you were little, huh? Yeah, I used to go up there with my dad every so often. They're, they're in Queen of Macca, but Henshaw was really special. Back then, it was a known big bass lake and then has insane crappie fishing too. And it was a lot of reaction bait stuff. So it was like when I was learning how to cast, I was learning how to cast for those things. Yeah. And, you know, rolling them through the toolies and the stick ups there in the back of the lake. You got like, my biggest bass back then was like five pounds, but to me it was like yeah, things like twenty pounds. You know, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, such a big fish, and then just slab, slab crappie, dude. Like really, really nice fish. We used to fry them up and eat them. Like, you yeah, know, that's a cool lake, man. I, I, I used to fish there a lot. I went there recently, and it kind of shit, fucking shitty fishing. But yeah, I caught my PB there too. I caught a uh, seven and a quarter. Yeah, there's largemouth. there was some big fish in that lake back then. Yeah, man. really. But big now fish. it's I don't. But it look, dude, it was great when I went. It was like. Looked good, but just no fish. Yeah, I, I think it's it's dried up and filled up too many times now. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of the big fish have have, have croaked and 
a lot of like small medium fish. I don't even know. I haven't fished there in years and years yeah. and years. But that's what I kind of been told. I know the crappie bite still goes off there. Yeah, there's, there's some buddies that like <laughs> they secretly go out there and knock the crap out hey, of them. Hey, we just fuck that up for them, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to know when. You got to know when. That's a pretty far drive to go fish crappie. You got to be pretty into it, hey, dude. Go, you know? I come home and I'm fucking falling asleep, dude. I mean, it's like a two hour drive for me, and I'm like, fuck. Yeah, you know, for one fish sometimes, but that's how it is, right? Yep. Yep. Sometimes you get. I'm sure you go out on the boat and you take customers out and you're like, fuck, dude, I don't know, right? Have you been skunked ever? Uh, no, it happens. Everybody yeah. shits the bed, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody shits the bed. I try to make it happen as little as possible. I could probably count on one hand how many times it's happened in the last three years, luckily. Yeah. but That's good. Not to say it's not going to happen again, you know? It, Which it's is understandable just, completely. It's fishing. Yeah. It's fishing. Exactly. But, you know, it's, uh, if you pay enough attention, you have uh, more than one game plan a day. And you're not just going off of one thing. One one bit of info, or you know, one one hunch, or one hot bite, then you can usually pull it together, dude. Yeah, you got a whole day. <laughs> got a whole day. Do you got? Let's talk about some of your personal best fish, oh, or shit. even your customers. I mean, I know some. I mean, you're probably proud of what you caught, but I'm sure you put some people on some big fucking fish, dude. Yeah, I get. You know, these days I get way more stoked off, off sharing the experiences I've I've already had with my clients and my customers. That's what really gets my rocks off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, starting with bluefin. I think our big fish is our big fish is two eighty six. Um, you know, a kite fish. Got a, a crap load of fish over hundred. I think we're up to ninety nine triple double digit fish with like sixty of those being two hundred or above. Fuck, that's so nice. there's that one more to go. <laughs> I can't wait to get that soon one. enough. Yeah, soon that enough. one more on the boat and I'll be pretty stoked to hit that century mark on that. Um you know, sea bass, like big fish is sixty eight for clients. Wow. Um, uh, yellowtail, a lot of forty pound fish, a lot of not a lot of forty pound halibut. We've got a forty two is our biggest, and a lot Damn, of thirties nice. and stuff. But still uh, nice. Yeah, they're all really nice fish, and it's just the stoke that I get to watch those guys, you know, have for catching those fish. It, it blows my mind. I've, a lot of times they're like, "Dude, you're way more happy than I am." <laughs> <laughs> Truth be told, I probably am. <laughs> Do you uh, have a lot of kids come on the boat? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got a, a good handful of, of clients that bring their kids, and I've, cool, I've been man. super blessed to watch these kids grow into anglers. And I have this one guy, Steve, and he brings out his son, Ryan. We call him Ryan's son. He's like a little, <laughs> little ninja. He's been coming on my boat since he was like three and a half, and I mean, the first time I saw Steve rock up to the dock with his kid, I'm like, whoa, dude, that kid is really, really young. Like, and I pulled him aside. I'm like, I'm not so sure, you know, like yeah. I just want to be safety first guy, you know? And, you know, one thing I, thri- I thrive on, I'm proud of is I have a perfect safety record on my boat and I don't want to break it, nice. especially with a kid, you know? Yeah. But then I remembered shit and my dad was taking me on the boat when I was that young and you know, I just asked him, are you 100% sure? And the weather was going to be nice. And, dude, the kid just ended up being a superstar. And still to this day, he's dude. never, ever cried. He's never thrown a meltdown. Like, and now he kills fish. Kid's like five years old. I think we took him out this year for his fifth birthday. Wow. Catching yellowfin and bluefin. And, you know, he got like 50-pound fish all on his own. And, you know, we cast it, hooked the thing for him. Yeah. But threw it in the rod holder, you know, backed off the drag a little bit and let him reef it all the way to the That's cool, to gaff. And it was it's so cool just to see his stoke and – I mean, I can guarantee that kid's going to be an absolute stick. Like, world watch out yeah. for this kid, you know? And no, I'm, and it's cool, too, to have to, to be able to share moments like that with your dad. Yeah, and I, I have another guy, Mike and then, Harris, and uh, he brings his son, uh, Weston. He's a little bit older now. I think he is 13, but I've had him. He's been fishing with me since I was running boats for Jamie on Seasons, and I've watched that kid just grow into a stick as well. It's yeah. just, like, unbelievable to watch them act as sponges and absorb the info and the experiences yeah. the way they do it. It's like, I mean, I can't really ask for anything better than that. Nice. Dude, yeah. Nice. Let's talk a little bit about salty crew since you're kind of a big part. You're kind of known for being part of salty crew Yeah. to me, at least, you know, a lot of guys, uh, talk about your involvement, how you got, became part of it, you know? Yeah. I was really stoked. Um, Jared Lane, he's the guy who kind of founded and started his, his, his brainchild, his baby, his idea. Um, Showed us my dock like a few years back and had a hat. The hat was really, really cool. You know, it had sea bass on it, salty crew, nice clean logo. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of said surf, dive fish, um, you know, sail or whatever. And <clears throat> he's like, hey, man, I'm starting this clothing company or this hat company. That's how it started. He's like, dude, would you be down <laughs> to support? I'm like, of course, man. You're my homie. Like, I got your back, dude. This thing's actually really cool. Nice, clean design. I'm all about it, you know? And, he started coming out with more and more hats, and they're all super sick, and all the boys were wearing them. And the next thing you know, 
he's like, oh man, I think we're going to step it up to, to soft goods, to shirts and stuff like that. And I was like a year into it. And yeah. Then, you know, it, it, it started taking off and it, it had a really, really cool background besides just being a, a clothing company that encompassed, um, our, our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. He was trying to bring the, the industry back to the beach. You know, there was a lot of companies you can't really name names, but big companies that were like, we were all born bred off of and, and brought up wearing that were big surf companies and whatnot that ended up getting sold to, to big shoe companies or mm-hmm. to capital investors that live in Kansas or guys that just have nothing to do with the surf industry. And it kind of, it kind of put a sour taste in the whole surf industry's mouth, you know? And so Jared's main thing was he just wanted to bring it back to the beach. You know, it's like, Support your lo- your local mom and pop shops. Support the local tackle shops, surf shops. You know all that stuff. And you know you go look at their page, like on you know Cyber Friday or sorry, uh, was it Black Friday and Cyber Monday? They black out their page and they say go support your local shops. Like that's cool, man. And, and it it was really cool because that brought the core, the respect of the core of the industry attention to them. And 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 you know anything you can have like your consumer back you and all that. And that's cool. And that'll get like some of the guys across the line and above the red mark. But when you've got the consumer supporting you and you've got the core of the industry supporting you, it's like nothing but a recipe for success. And they've really, really taken it there and, and they're doing so well. And it's just super glad to, or super rad to see that and be a part of it. Cause it's what they are about is what we all preach. You know, that's, that's, that is our lifestyle. That is who we are as an identity, you know? So yeah, it's a cool dude. Like I say, dude, is I, I see, I'll drop my kid off at school and I'll see a guy with a kid with the swim bait shirt on. I'll be like, Hey, look at that salty. Cream. It'll be like a swim bait, you know, in the back. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, dude, yeah. You know, like totally. It's I, super I've, popular, I've seen it like, dude. you know, I was visiting my buddy in Texas, um, in Dallas, dude. And it was like, I've seen it. I saw a couple guys, but it's just like, dude, he's like, Hey, aren't you part of that? I'm like, no, nah, you know, well, you know, my buddy's company, but <laughs> he's like, what a trip. He's like, I see it all the time out here. And I'm yeah, just like, dude. Whoa. And you know, it's like those guys, most likely don't surf. Maybe they freshwater fish or whatever. The guy's got a tuna shirt on in the middle of Texas. It's like that just shows it, it's grown. You know, it, it's it's become a bigger thing than what it was supposed to be originally. But I guess that's what being a company is all about, right? But at the, the same time as when you like look for fishing gear, you could find that, you know, like a cool swim bait shirt or a cool fish shirt. Yeah. Cow, whatever it might be, you know, and you can go to like a skate shop and but oh, I want to get a fishing hat. Yeah. When I first started, I'm like. I want to get a fishing hat, dude. And I, I mean, I started when I was 30, like I said, yeah. 30, you know, 29, I'm 38 now. Yeah. So it's like, I, I fucking didn't want to drive all the tackle. So I'm like, cool fucking hat, you know, like I just need a hat. Yeah. Yeah. And I have like a cool, you know, so yeah, it's kind of cool. You can go grab that anywhere. You yeah. Know? No, totally. It's like before Salty Cream, I mean, a little bit of Lawrence's stuff. Lawrence has been around since I was a kid. He used to, Fish Works is what I'm talking about. Um, He used to come and sell stuff like out of his truck directly to us on the boat. You'd go to boat by boat and so the crew member by crew member you put in an order he brings it back down or he had it cool. then and like but other than that it's like i just wore whatever was fucked up that i didn't want to fuck up our, <laughs> you know fishing it's like whatever it was dickies yeah dude you know billabong yeah. whatever and then you know like I said he gave me a hat I'm you like, got cool, dickies I got, your wife beater on a <laughs> yeah i got a fishing hat now you know now it's like you got your whole wardrobe covered dude. <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's kind of a trip but you know i'm, I'm really proud of those guys i'm really really proud to be a part yeah, of yeah dude that's super cool and they just released uh that movie appearance you're talking about yeah yeah uh, it's called um intuitive by sea and it's like a whole documentary on on cj who's uh one of the one of the owners of salty crew and his twin brother damien Dude, that's, that looks cool man yeah I mean, yeah there's their trials and tribulations of being twins and, and competitive and in the same competitive <laughs> sport yeah. and, and what it does to to teach you as a human and, and you know and deal with um who's going to be top dog. And, and if you're not, it's it just, it's really deep and it's really cool. And it's, it was, that's another thing. I'm just really stoked to see those guys branching out doing something of that caliber. Yeah. It was, it was really neat. I watched your, uh, St. Archer's. Oh yeah. Yeah. That thing was fucking cool, man. Yeah. That was, yeah. that was another thing. It's like, you know, it's really weird for me to be doing all this stuff. Um, I'm just a fisherman, dude. I'm <laughs> seriously, I, my intentions were not to, to do any of these edits or any of these short films or anything. I'm just living my life like, you know, how I want to do it and how, how I need to pay my bills. And it's by doing something I love. And people have, you know, gotten attracted to it. And I've been really fortunate to work with some of these guys and some of these filmmakers. And that, that St. Archer thing was really cool because it's like, okay, you've already done grip and grin and hook and hand. And, you know, just the, your atypical fishing video. Like, we want to do something a little more deep, you know. we want to We want to look a little bit more inside of you and what makes you tick and, you know, Part of me is, is Baja, you know, mm-hmm. that's where I go. Like I fish no matter what, like it, this, these days, like 
even if I'm off the boat, I want to be fishing. I don't necessarily need to be charters. I want to go fishing to be a fisherman and remind myself why I do what I do. You know, especially you do a season where you run 140, 150 trips, Shit. charters. Yeah. You kind of lose grasp and it becomes a job and you're just like, whoa, you know, all you want is a day off and that one day off, it's sick. You know, you get to catch up on bills, maybe sleep. Well, not sleep in. You just lay in bed an extra hour and a half before you go do right. all your bills and stuff. But, you know, you hit that second, third day off, which is usually at the end of the season. You start getting itch like, shit, I want to go fishing again. You know? And so I go to Baja when I'm like that. Yeah. You know, when I'm off the boat and I have free time and I go to San Quentin and I fish with Kelly. And Kelly's been a big part of who I am. And it was really cool to kind of reciprocate that through that film and, and give the love back to him and, and just give the, the public an honest view of, of why I do what I do. And it, it came out rad. We worked with this guy, Blake, and he's just insane filmmaker, like insane. And he did, he did a great job. No, it that, was, great, that was just dude. a really fun piece because it wasn't about killing fish. It wasn't being about the big fisherman guy. Or, you know, it was just about doing what you love to do. Yeah, it was a fucking cool video. Cool, man. So if you liked it. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about since you've been a captain for a minute, any like cool rookie mistakes or any kind of crazy stories having on the boat? Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, <laughs> I've been taught by some really good guys and safety's always been a number one thing. It, it really has. Um, so I haven't had too many fuck ups really, but you know, I had a, I had a pretty gnarly experience ro- rolling down the line on a yacht. We were running from uh, San Diego down to Cabo fishing mag on our way that, <clears throat> Uh, we lost a communication harness and that had happened. We were fishing tournaments up in Catalina and backing down on fish and, and flooded the, the cockpit several times. And after that had happened, we had a, a boat cleaner usually did a really, really good job. And we were just hustling to get the boat ready and get every, all the provisions and just everything ready to go down to Cabo for the, the entire winter. So we gave a guy, you know, direct directions on how to clean the, the cockpit and, and down in the engine room and let him know, you know, this thing's powered by communication harnesses. It goes from motor to this harness to a part pod drive. And anyhow, so we're going down uh, down the line there inside of Cedros, like the gap between Cedros, or sorry, Natividad and uh, Punigina. And um, we lost one of the motors. And it was like super nice. Like, huh. And I'm, I'm like, we definitely didn't hit anything. Like there's a lot of lobster pots in there, but we were being super cautious. And there's a, there's a little slot in there and they don't have pots in it. And we were running right down the slot. So I'm like, huh. All right. Well, one of the guys we had with us dove and he said, all right, put on the mask, go down, see, see what we got under us here. Right, maybe, maybe there was something like loose line that was deeper. We didn't see, but you know, go check. He went check, came back. He's like, no dude, there's, there's nothing on this prop. You're, you're clean. I'm like, Oh, okay. So we limped into turtle on one motor and got in there and just kind of put one and one together. And we're like, God, it's gotta be, it's gotta be the harness, dude. It has to be. And then we took it off and we saw that there was some corrosion and some, some salt buildup. I'm like, Oh, that guy, dude, son of a bitch did not do his job. <laughs> you know, immediately on the sat phone to him, gave him a huge earful and, you know, made him, made him admit it, you know? Okay. So now we know that's a problem. You know, kind of corrosion X did it, hit it with the wire brush. Nothing, nothing. A couple times, like three days into it, my, my buddy Todd rolls in. It's like, hey, what are you guys doing here in that brand new boat? <laughs> You're be rolling down the line here. We were hoping we were hoping you guys were a few days ahead of us so we could get yeah. some info. I'm like, no, dude, we're we're down right now. And he's like, really? And we tell him, he's like, oh, dude, that's electrical. And he's an electrician by trade. And I'm like, yeah, of course. I, I you know, I kind of figure and tell us that. So maybe you can t- do something we can't do. <laughs> so he jumps on and did the same thing we did like three days later, and it works. You know, so maybe it, it took a set, second for that stuff to kind of eat away at the corrosion, whatever. So. Anyhow, he fueled up and we got topped off as well. And we kind of rolled down together. And I think like 12 hours later, we lost our good motor. Like, oh, dude. And now it's like five o'clock in the afternoon. Like, shit. So go back down, try to do the same thing. And actually, it it worked for a second and it went out again. We're like, oh, man, dude. And this time, it's like seven at night and it's starting to blow pretty heavy. And we're there above. Uh, what size boat is it? It's a forty-two. Okay. And we're there. We're up above the the thirteens there. So we're up, like above the ridge, you know. And <clears throat> about nine o'clock, the the bad motor went out. We got sideways in the trough, and it was blowing like thirty knots, six foot Fuck at six second seas, and we started taking them over the side. It got pretty sketchy. We're like ankle deep in water, reversing bait pumps. You know, I think we had like four or five bilges going. Shit. And kind of having to lie to the crew. Hey, what's, are we going to be okay? You know, <laughs> I called my wife on the sat and I'm like, all right, well, <clears throat> if I call you again, I'm going to give you some coordinates and you're going to need to call the coast guard. And she, I like, kind of lost it. I'm like, I just need to tell you. So, you know, I can't, 
I can't really broadcast this to any, on the radio or anything right now. And, and in the meantime, we'd put out a pon-pon. And for those who don't know, if you go down to Mexico and you get yourself in a shitty situation, especially when you're out of reach from vessel assist, which is anywhere 100 miles from the point, don't call Mayday unless you absolutely need to. Because if you call Mayday, Mexican uh, Navy gets you. You're probably going to lose your boat. Or you're going to have to go through a hell of a lot to get it back. So you throw out a pon-pon first and do, do a, f- a few pon-pons and... That's what we did, and luckily, uh, a friend of ours, a dock neighbor, was was just thirty six miles away, and kicked him up, and and came and got us, and bridled us up, and and towed us into Santa Maria. I think it was like nearly forty mile run, and we had the bridles explode, like literally snap, take out shit. the eyes and glass. It was sketchier and shit, uh, but that happened several times. And the last time it happened, it happened right there at Indicators at, at Santa Maria Bay. And if anybody you guys or those guys surf out here. You know what it takes to make that wave break, and it was like double overhead. And we literally snapped the bridle, the last bridle, probably two hundred yards outside of that that wave, and Fuck. it was smoking current like right at the the point. And we just took the dock lines we had left and bowled them up, and you know, <laughs> re bridled us up and skirted us into the bay. Literally, like it was so sketchy, but we, we made it through and learned a valuable lesson about trusting anybody with cleaning anything. That's very important. Do you do it all yourself now? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, or, 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 I, or I do pay as another guy and I go in there and I double check it before yeah. it's done, before he gets his money. Um, you know, the thing with us is it's like time's money. So it's like, you know, you try to work with the best of the best to, to handle stuff like that. And that's what we were doing, but the guy just kind of fucked us off on that one. Not thinking it was as serious as it was, or maybe he and it, he got the engine. Everything was super clean until you took off the actual the harness, like the plugs, and it's like a little thousand prong plug. And it was like, dude, this thing fucking just corroded, yeah, and just salt, dude. You could have shook it out and like put it on a baked potato and ate it, you know. But fuck, <laughs> there's my salt, my salt and sodium intake for the day. But so anyway, yeah. Now it's like you know, I always double check everything. I guess you could call that one fuck up, but you know, with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You can kind of also blame it on someone else, but you just take that with you in your back pocket for the future. You know, learn but, something. Yeah, so that's <laughs> keep your cool. Learn yeah. how to keep your cool for the future. Yeah, crew. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, like I was saying, he's like, are, "Are you sure we're okay? Yeah, we're totally fine, dude. We're totally fine." And once it was all said and done, he's like, "Dude, you're bullshitting." You're like, <laughs> you know, stay calm and, and tell you what you need to hear. Because if we would have told him different, it would, all it, people probably would he wouldn't have been doing what out, it, right? you know, trying to tell him to how to reverse a bay pump or like you know. You know, vice grip this in for me, dude. He'd be freaking out. You know, it's like yeah. hey, we need him to, and your, everyone else to keep calm and, and keep a mellow mindset. Or that's where shit can go bad. You know, people start losing their shit. You know, so just you know, remember that. Don't don't ever lose your shit until you absolutely have to. Until you need to fill out that that lifeboat and kick it over the side. That's when you need to lose your shit. And don't even do it then. You know, just make sure your e-perp's going off. Make sure you, you're putting out your uh, your position on the radio. Make sure that's when you call out your mayday. Just you know. Work into that first, you know, breathe through your nose and, 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 and be ready to, to abort if you have to, but also be ready to, to make it happen. Make it, make it, make that's, it okay. That's your close call. You've yeah. That's, that's the closest call I've ever You've had. You've been in some rough seas though? Oh yeah, dude. Really <laughs> bad. We've been in, in sea so rough and sea of Cortez on a, like a 52 foot boat going, um, up towards Loretto that, I mean, it was probably six foot at like four seconds dude and we snapped a 60 foot or sorry 60 inch flat screen tv broke a refrigerator off the door and oh we're like uh God, dude guys like oh we're making i'm like sorry bud i don't care how much you're paying me we're turning this thing around <laughs> oh, we're turning this thing around you know it's just like getting body slammed every few seconds you know it, it was bad bad it can it, it, it's it's devilish in that in that area really yeah sea cortez can get really really bad you wouldn't think so because there's not a lot of swell there but that wind chop will fuck you up dude <laughs> 
really bad. <laughs> and then, you know, out here as well, you know, you got to you gotta kind of know when to call it, dude. You know, a lot of guys, just they want, they want the glory these days, and they think their little boat can make it. It's like, dude, I've seen, I've seen holes literally crack. Damn. And guys getting way over their head, and and they make it back and, and okay, and like oh that's a close call, like dude, you shouldn't have even been doing. Could have died. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah, you just yeah. got to be smarter than that. You know, if it says small craft, it says small craft. And with my business, it's like as soon as you get one of those small craft warnings, like on the Noah site or whatever, or any of those sites, like, and then you take a guy, all they had to do is screenshot that or look back. If anything happens to anybody, somebody slips and falls and, and breaks their elbow or their leg or busts their head open on the bait tank or on a on a seat or whatever. They can sue you, dude, because there was an advisory. So it's like people need to understand those advisories. You never go out with small craft. No, not no, 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 no. Especially with clients. You know, I might do it yeah. local with the boys or whatever. And I'm still like, you know, precautious about that. Dude, I'm 41 years old. I've been doing this for a while. I don't need to go catch a fish that bad. Yeah. I don't. You know, it's like safety first. You know, and again, I, I have a perfect safety record. And I want to keep it. So you know, it's just yeah, knock on wood, dude, <laughs> knock on wood. But just you know, be aware of your surroundings and just know that. You're a little boat. That's a big ocean. She'll bitch smack you so quick. It's right. <laughs> right. Sketchy. So another thing I like to bring up to guests is uh, the difference in technology, social media over the last, you know, you've been in it since the fucking get go, right? And yeah. You, you've seen it all kind of happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, the uh, getting better radars and, you know, maps and shit like that. And even uh, social media. So yeah, yeah. what's your kind of take we on can, that? We'll just start with like the basics, you know, GPS. Holy shit. You know, it's like <laughs> there'd be a lot less captains if we still had to use paper and, you know, yeah. do, it, do it the old school way. Yeah. And I G- remember, I always remember talking, having Ben Seacrest on and him talking about getting out his map book and yep. fucking drawing everything. Like, yeah. Lawrence numbers, yeah, sextants, like fucking uh, celestial navigation, you know, triangulation. Like, dude, it was like forever. That was the only way to do it. That was the way. And now we got GPSs. And that's that's opened up a whole new world of it being easy, you know. And that's a good thing. It is a really good thing because, you know, <clears throat> it's it's keeping people safe. It's keeping people, you know, going the right direction. Yeah, right. Um, it's helping it be more understanding as far as like lat long and settle around and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go to fish finders. Fish finders used to be paper graphs. You know, if you miss the spot, <laughs> go back, you know, you go back over until you found it, you know, and yeah. then you go through a lot of paper. I mean, if you know anybody that's old school used to do this a long time ago, running boat wise, you, they have rolls and rolls of these paper graphs to show you what the spot looks like with the Lawrence oh, number. It was pretty, man. dude, it was pretty gnarly. It's a lot of work. Yeah. It was like the prep work just every night before you left it for a trip was just heavy, you know, now with again, the GPS and, and with the, you know, the, the, you know, electronic sounders. Now it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's way easier. Um, <clears throat> you also look at stuff like with the tablets and smartphones and, and applications. And, you know, uh-huh. my, my Bible these days is, is Terrafin or, you know, any of those satellite, satellite applications or satellite services that give you, um, you know, SSC sea surface temperature or chloro, chloro charts, chlorophyll. It's what tells you what mm-hmm. the clarity of the water is. Okay. That that stuff that's that's really revolutionary because before again those old school guys you know <clears throat> they'd have to drive through areas every day and, and then obviously water temps and chlorophyll and you know water clarity that that all changes and it was like okay I got done early today so you know my my duty of being a part of this code group is I'll go through this zone that we think the good water is moving into and I'll let you know if we see fish or and like that's how people worked and that's how they. Shit. It wasn't like, okay, you had this big ocean, and the guy who did that was a guy who told you where not to go, you know? And you, you get, it like, 10 guys go through the wrong area, and then somebody goes through a good area, that's the area, you know? Or yeah. you kind of follow, just pay attention right down the, the ranch number where that that surface temperature break was or that chlorophyll break was and which way it was moving on the way back home. Did mm-hmm. it, would it move south towards you or did it move out lots to the west? Notes, or, lots of notes. Yeah. So many notes, you know, and that's where like the whole, the black book phase came in. And I mean, it was in play before that, but like, it was like really, really helpful to have that and have those notes for every single day. You know, we'd be looking back three days, you know, okay. It was moving at 160 degrees south, you know, mm-hmm. so it moved a, a mile and a half yesterday. So it's now going to be, four and a half miles a day or whatever, you know what I mean? You kind of guesstimate it. And then that's how they would stay on top of good bodies of fish or yeah. good bodies of water with, with fish in it. Okay. Um, now you have again, the, the city service temperature and chlorophyll charts. And that's like, that's what I think everybody needs to really focus on these days. You know, don't focus on the other part of the social media or sorry, the other part of the uh, tablet information, which is being like, 
the information side. Sure, they help you. They'll help you once or twice or whatever. But what happens when when they when the when the whole thing changes? Like when that bite just completely changes. Those fish swim off to another part of that color edge or temperature edge. Did you even know that they were swimming up and down a color edge or temperature edge? You know, were you just going off the numbers that were hot the day before the sport boats were on, or that so and so sold you? No, like these fish move and they move for a reason. And I think it's way more important that you understand the science behind it instead of paying somebody to tell you it. You know, like. None of those guys are going out there and, and finding that stuff on their own. Maybe one out of ten times. The rest of the time, they're they're watching what other what everybody else is doing. Mainly the big boats. Mainly the guys who fish every single single day. Mm-hmm. You know, those guys are the ones that are setting the trend. Those guys are the ones staying on top of the bodies of fish. You're just out there grabbing it and selling it. And so, as a consumer, if you're that guy buying that info, why? Are those fish there? Why did they move? What time of day did they move? Did they move because of the tide? Did they move because of the you know um, the moon? You know why did they sit there for a week and then two days after the full boogie twenty miles back yeah. south, not north? You might have thought because they're migrating north, they're going to go north. No, sometimes those things will double back. You know, but why? Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's it's imperative that you understand that instead of just buying what's hot. Because you'll get a better understanding of why you're going out. You'll get a plan B, a plan C, a plan D, instead of just one plan A that somebody sold you, you know? And that that's the that's the bad side, I think, of the technology, you know? Okay. So the good side though is you get the charts, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean you get you get a lot you, of you get the charts and the charts are right there. They're an application on your phone. If you've got one of those cell sticks that or satellite sticks that gets you service on your phone, like anywhere out in the ocean. You know, you might be going off of yesterday's uh, SST and chloro chart, and that that one was, you know, the shot was taken at two o'clock in the afternoon. Well, here it is, two o'clock the next day, and you're you're sitting there with your dick in your hand, can't catch your ass with a handful <laughs> of treble hooks because those fish move. Why did they move? Oh, well, let me look at my SST. Oh shit, that break has moved six miles. Sometimes ocean currents will do yeah, that. Sometimes yeah. the area will completely roll. God, this water. I mean, on so and so's report, I paid. You know, a hundred bucks for it yesterday. Say the water's super clean, and you know, just be in the clean water. If you can find the, the edge of it, you'll be dude. That whole area, ten miles square area, is filled with shit water now. Cold, green, or sometimes really clean and just lifeless. Like, yeah. But you can pull up your SST on your phone now and be like, oh shit, <laughs> here's the good water, or here's the good, you know, the good yeah. chloral break. That's where these things are. Shit, last time I was out and I, I did this on my, own, they were right on that edge. You know, like. Okay, well, here's where that edge is, and you still got a couple hours, you know, to throttle up, get out to, over that spot. Lo and behold, there's the fish, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of times those guys are selling you info. They're out fishing or whatever. They're not updating at that time. And if they are, it's like, okay, well, then you just got to find the fleet. <laughs> they're doing, you know. And it's just better, like I said, it, it's rad to learn the scientists behind, the science behind it and learn how, why, where, when, instead of being, like, relying on, on somebody else's info or your AIS. That's the other one. It's like the AIS thing. It's like, come on, guys. Come on, you should not have that app on your phone, dude. If you're a fisherman, you're, you should be, you know, stoked to be a hunter. Last I checked, we weren't fishing for boats; we were fishing for fish. <laughs> Dropping knowledge, dude. That, that's how it is. Dude. That's how it is. Oath. And you have a pretty Oath. big, um, a pretty big Instagram following too. Yeah. Uh, so you did you like? Is that part of your business? You think, hey, I gotta, I gotta have a solid Instagram because nowadays you feel like you got to have some kind of presence on Instagram to, to really help sell something. You know, that, that was just a really, really weird thing. And I'm still kind of like scratch my head at it. It's such a double edged sword. And you know, my Instagram thing started because I got hired by Jamie, you know, once he got a second boat, he got that 34 Parker. He, he brought me on to run the 25 and you know, it's like, okay, I'm a small boat captain. And it's like, okay, silence. Yeah, I think I got the job in like November. It's like silence. Okay, cool. You can be a captain and get the job, but if you're not getting off the dock, you're not making any money. So it's yeah. like, you know, Facebook was kind of doing a little bit, and I, I got some business just from working really hard before and, and running other boats privately. And I talked to a buddy, my buddy Chris, you know, season. He's like, dude, you should try this Instagram thing. It's like, it's kind of cool. It's way more to the point than Facebook. It's like you either follow someone or you don't. You like something or you don't. It's like, you know, cut and dry. And yeah. He's like, you know, you can really kind of put out what you've been doing. Because at that point, I'm just fishing for fun. I can't get off the dock with clients. So I'm just out fishing. And, you know, we're getting fish. And, we're, we're you know, but it's like, how do you let the world know that? Yeah. And, I, and that <laughs> there's this the, the other side of it. But, and, you know, going on to what I'm saying is, <laughs> So I, I I started an account and started posting up stuff and it, like dude it it started kind of slow but you know people were like really curious I started, I was getting more 
DMs and I was getting like likes, you know, like, oh, where's that at? Or like, you know, and I've always been pretty secretive. So I just kind of, you know, played it off or sandbag a little bit, but not like throw them like in the complete different direction just like try to make them think a little bit you know not san give them, diego yeah not give them the, yeah not like <laughs> yeah, right? not give them the whole yeah. piece of the cake just like a little slice you know and yeah lo and behold after a while it it, it snowballed into a you know a pretty big thing and a ton of followers and then it, you know i had to learn on how not to let it negatively affect anybody else or my own hard work you know it's like now you don't post that same day or like, you know, I've been known to not post something. And I, again, I like to treat, keep things relevant. You know, I don't like, I'm not going to post something from fucking a month ago or from last year and pretend it was yesterday. That's fucking But it's bull- at the same bullshit. time, it's understandable that, uh, you run a business. Yeah. And like I'd say that before you, you gotta, you, if you want something from me or you, you know what I'm saying? Yep. You got to come to you. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like- it's like our code groups. It's uh, you know, I work with a handful of boats, just a handful, like guys that I trust that I've gained their trust and they've gained my trust over the years. And it's a two-way street. I give, I get. You give, you get. It's that easy. And mm-hmm. You know, back to Instagram thing, it's kind of similar. Like, and you know, we don't really run our code groups off of that, but you don't want you don't want to throw people off and make them think that something you did last year is relevant to today, whether no, it is or not. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, people, dude, the way you post, you could give your whole agenda, your whole forte up in one post. I see it happen all the time. People yeah. are like, why do you say that? Or why, why do people think this about me? It's like, dude, because it's you write it all over a fucking wall, dude. You know, it's like you got to be respectful of others out there. You know, we mm-hmm. sure as hell don't find every bite. We might find some, especially like the local stuff, you know, yeah. coastline stuff, you know, local Baja stuff. Like, you know, we'll put in our time in the winter, springtime, off season and, and find stuff. And a lot of times we don't. And there's other guys that we work with that do. And I don't want to step on their feet, especially if they found it first. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go shit in their fucking pillowcase, dude. I'm not. That That's just not the cool thing to do. You don't want to... What you put on that Instagram is not what... You don't want to negatively affect anybody else's hard work. Yeah. And it's the same for me. It's like, you know, so it's like learning that was kind of a, a learning curve. And it didn't take long, but it was a stinger when you have some of your best friends or commercial friends that are like, dude, what did you do that for? Like, this bite's not yeah. even over, dude. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. It's a, a week ago. Like, we're still catching fish. You're still catching fish. We're still making money off it. You're still making money. But, like, now here comes the whole fucking fleet. Does it really get, I'm, like I said, I'm new to this. Does it get that bad sometimes? Yeah, the small, the, the mosquito fleet, dude, they thrive off it. You know? Mosquito fleet's like a, Small boat guys. Okay. You know? The big boat guys, they don't have problems. What's your, like, what's your, um, like, what's the, like, how should someone come up? If, say, if someone's, say someone was planning on going there, how would you be acceptable with them? Not at all? Just skip it? No, no, not at all. if I see dude, a boat, you, I skip it. Dude, the, the first thing, first thing's first, and, and like, this is the truth. Etiquette. I don't, etiquette. etiquette that's what I was trying to say. Uh, yeah, etiquette yeah. is etiquette. Be, just be respectful, you know? Like, mm-hmm. but I don't own the ocean. None of us own the ocean. So uh-huh. we don't own the rights to tell anybody to come or go. You know what I mean? Now, we do have a right to tell them, hey, this is not how you act, or this is how you should act, or hey, yeah. respects to you. I've seen you out here. You saw us. You saw us catching fish. You slid in. You've been catching fish for a week, and we haven't heard a peep from you from about you or from you on Instagram from anybody else, and you stay quiet. Mm-hmm. Those guys get big shockers, dude. And those guys get shockers all the time when I see them. Good job, fucking right on. You guys yeah. are good dudes. And there's other guys that'll come up and just act like that we weren't even there. No one else was there. Or just think that was the first day and just blow it up. It's like, hey, dude, if you pull up and you see Joe Schmo or anybody or us hanging fish, and it's not on an Instagram, dude. I make money off Instagram. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm in a way, like, if I post something and I'm not booked, I will be booked because people see that we're catching fish. It's that easy. It's a business tool. So if we're up in the middle of winter catching fish off, you know, Encinitas or Del Mar or La Jolla or Point Loma or IB or anywhere, mm-hmm. and we're not posting that stuff, dude, like, just think a little bit, you know? And a lot of people don't have that that etiquette or they, they don't even, sometimes they don't even think that far ahead, but it's like this day and age you need to, you well, know maybe, what I mean? You know, and it's nice to hear from you because maybe some dudes aren't even thinking. Yeah. You know and, what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe exactly. they, they weren't. And usually uh, dude, like for me, I'm, I'm, I'm cool enough. I'll, I'll see him at the dock and I'll just go, Hey dude, what's up? What's your name? Hey, I don't know if you knew, but we've been fishing this stuff for a while. Like kind of making our livelihood, our off season livelihood off of it. And like, you don't, we're not putting up for every, anybody to see. And they're like, well, what do you mean? It's like, hey, the best way to treat this is like, just be quiet about it. You know, mm-hmm. like, what do you have to gain? If Especially if you're not a business, you know, what do you have to gain at Instagram? Like, likes and pats on the back and <laughs> chest pounds. Like, dude, we're, 
we're not even posting it and that's we can make money off charters doing that you know what i mean like so kind of just next time you're up just give a wave comment even come up say hey what's up you know like we'll toss you a beer toss you a shaka like tell you a little bit more you might need to know to help you catch more fish yeah definitely go about it like that and we've done we've we've had that conversation before and those people those guys they learn they're cool guys you know it's just usually the ones who do it are usually they're repeat offenders habitual <laughs> line steppers you know and that's that's where guys are like, oh, they don't like me because no, it's because you're a fucking asshole, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? I get that all the time. Like, dude, someone says you're a dick. It's like, hey, dude, if they think I'm a dick, they need to go look in the mirror, dude. <laughs> I'm actually one of the coolest, like, most lo- logical thinking people out there. I don't. I want everybody to have fun. And at this the is end of the day. this is the other thing is that if you know talking to someone, that's a big thing, like in person. Yeah. And I mean, I've done, I've, I've done it. Like, I've had issues with dudes and just talk to them and. It changed the whole fucking story. Yeah, you know, and again, you know, like, it goes back you know? to Instagram or like hearsay. It's like, dude, one post can make you seem like the biggest dick. Maybe you are, <laughs> but maybe you aren't. Maybe you just don't get it. And like, that's why I'll come talk to you. You come talk to yeah. me. Like, usually everyone's like, damn, you're a fucking pretty nice guy. I'm like, yeah, you're not so bad yourself. Like, this is how it works. Or other times, like, oh, you're talking to you. Who do you think you are? It's like, okay, never mind. You don't even get it, dude. So it's, you know, it just goes back to the Instagram thing. It's a double edged sword. It's just, the most advice I can give to anybody is just just learn how to how to use it. Use it, you know. If you want to be Mr. Joe Schmo and and pound your chest because you caught fish, cool, dude. Whatever, that that's awesome. But like, respect the guys that were there before you. If you if you were there first, then go for it, dude. If you want to, you know, you want to piss in your own Cheerios, and you want to go back tomorrow after a sick day of fishing with you and your boys, where it was sacred as fuck, and it was just you guys high fiving, loading the boat with yellow sea bass, tuna, whatever. And you want to go back tomorrow and fish with 60 boats? That's your prerogative, dude. Like, I don't know what you're thinking because we live in Southern California, but if you like people and you like getting stomped on. That's cool. But if yeah. not, like, respect yourself. Respect the bite. Respect the guys that were on that bite before you. Or, you know, just know that that is such a double-edged sword. You can fuck yourself really hard and everyone else by using it wrong. Yeah, definitely, dude. Yeah, great. Well, fuck, man. You dropped some knowledge bombs today. Thanks. <laughs> no worries, man. <laughs> let's talk about your sponsors, dude. And, and let's talk about your local tackle shop down where you are. Yeah. Uh, because that's another big thing. I like to support local tackle yeah, shops. Yeah, dude. I got to give it up for the guys at Dana Landing. Um, Johnny, Steve, Bubba, the whole crew there. Uh, that's that's my home shop. Great guys. They got a killer deli there. They got a you know convenience store. They got all the tackle you'll need. A lot of knowledge there. Really cool guys. And... Um, you know, I got to give it up really big to Salty Crew, the support they've given me in my quote off off, off season. They've always made an on season with them, nice, fishing dude. local, traveling, whatever. I owe a lot to them. You know, Traeger Grills has been a a huge huge backer on what what we do. I've always been into cooking and smelling and, uh, your meat, yeah, har- <laughs> harvesting from the ocean and <laughs> and cooking it to the best of my ability. And, and Traeger Grills really helps me do that. And they were just a, a great bunch of dudes. Uh, Saint Archer Brew, I've been a huge fan forever they're they're just killer they've got a lot of good beers they just came out with the mexican lager boys oh my god and girls <laughs> check it out it, it's it's next level um obviously parker boots has really helped us out you know that's what i i roll and uh, i couldn't say enough good things about them fruno electronics has really stepped it up i mean they've they've taken big boat technology and made it accessible to a small boat guy so i really 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 push that stuff you know rain shadow rods that's what i got on my boat okay. they've got something for everybody really good quality stuff oh man taddy lures they've been around for <laughs> since i've been around and if it's metal and it's light or it's heavy and i throw it it's a taddy that's for sure and uh god who else globe shoes keep my feet happy i gotta give a really big shout out to yeti you guys have really, really upped the cooler game and given us basically an RSW for small boats. And I, dude, I, I couldn't say enough about the quality of fish coming out of those things. Oh, Surface Sun Products, guy at Surface, thank you. I'd probably have skin <laughs> cancer if it wasn't for you and the boxes of stuff you sent me. But yeah, that's a, that's pretty much it. You know, if I forgot, you forgot, to, you forgot one. You got to say my wife. Oh God. <laughs> We'll have to do an edit right there. Hey, hey don't fuck first, that one First up. and foremost, <laughs> my wife, you know, to be able to fish 200, 250 days a year and not get bitched out for it. <laughs> Once you guys get married, you'll find out. I don't know how the hell I got so lucky, but thank you, Cassie. I really appreciate your support. And uh, I think I knocked it out right there. <laughs> thanks, bro. And again, thanks for coming on, dude. Uh, coming up from San Diego. Yeah, no worries, And uh, if you ever want to come back on, dude, and shoot the shit. You know, yeah, I'd love to. Here. I'd love to. So thanks, guys, for listening. 